If you turn to Ephesians 5 as they're making their way off to class, and I know as I talk to some of our adult teachers that uh, we've had some pretty interesting lessons the last couple weeks. Um, And, you know, we think about Valentine's Day and love and caring for each other and all those things. We we had the newlywed game last night at the uh, banquet, and we found out that husband and wife know nothing about each other. Uh, but uh, we found out that Karen's favorite food is oatmeal, uh, which made me laugh because it wasn't her favorite food. That's what Rick thought it was. But, uh, and, uh, you know, I don't even know what bed, side of the bed I sleep on. I said left, and she said, no, it's right. So, you know, it's just, we don't even know where we sleep sometimes, but it's funny as we think about that. But, you know, guys, um, growing up in church, we didn't talk about sex and, and things like that in church. Um, we kind of just kind of left that at, at the home, and you, you know, it's, it's a real issue today. It, it's a real issue today. It's a real issue when God deals with it in his, his word. And, and who else would we want to know, who else would we want to tell us about how to conduct ourselves in these matters beside the Lord? Unfortunately, for a lot of us, we learn from our friends in high school. We learn from uh, other things, other sources that, uh, that probably are not as credible as they should be. And God has a, a way for us to love each other, both spiritually, physically. Um, and today, what's kind of happened is everybody's rewriting it to fit their own needs. And it seems to be that way in a lot of things, but it seems to be predominant in this area of love and marriage and non-marriage and sex before marriage and sex outside of marriage. And as we think about Valentine's Day, we think about that, that love for each other. I'm sure a lot of these guys in here got their ladies a, a little gift this weekend. Um, and we, you know, when we kind of get all gooey and chocolatey, you know, over Valentine's Day. But then we kind of just, then we kind of go our separate ways and we don't really think about that kind of love much during the rest of the year. But, you know, God ordained the family. He built man and he built woman. He built them for each other. He said it, it, he seen that man was alone and he needed a helpmate. He needed a, he needed a friend. He needed someone to love him. And so he created woman and He created them to be equal, but also to take care of each other. And as I tell young married couples as they're standing before me, and some older married couples, this is not a 50-50 deal. Marriage is 100% and 100%. Because when I give Dana all of myself, and she gives me all of herself, all of my needs will be met, and all of her needs will be met every time, every time. And so, you know, we kind of get red-faced, we kind of giggle and things about these things, but guys, there is a, a way that God has told us to live. You know, Danny just sung us a song, we think, well, that's, that's man, that's a powerful song, but that, that's kind of a kid's song. But, but I think what we need to understand, and it's kind of in the opening of here of Ephesians 5, we are not grown adults in God's eyes. We're not. If you'll just be honest with yourself and with us, 
if we look at our maturity level in Christ sometimes, we're his little children. We act like little children. What do little children want? They want their way. My girls, when they want something, they want it right now. We stopped to get hamburgers the other night, and they, I mean, they're handing me the straws. I don't have a straw. It's just coming in the window here, you know. I don't have a hamburger, you know. Where's my fries, you know? I said, would you guys just be patient? But then I think, and I look in the rearview mirror, and there's me sitting there going, you're the most impatient guy I know, you know. That's the thing about this pointing fingers at each other. You look in the mirror, and you realize I'm the worst of the deal here. But guys, we, we have to realize in God's eyes, we're really just little kids. And why we've got everything so distorted is we think we're grown up and we think we know what's best for us and I want what I want and I want it now and I want my needs met and if you don't meet them, I'll find a way to get them met. And there's people just lurching out and all kind of craziness out there and it's tearing our families apart. And you've heard me say many times from this pulpit, the devil has quit going after the church and he's going after the family and we can, when he can rip the family apart and the, the model, the perfect model that God has got for us, when he can rip that apart, he'll rip the church apart in the process. He will. And so, I want us to look at this. I think you guys have looked at some of these verses in the last couple weeks, and we're going we're gonna to look at it. But our theme today is, go back to that just a minute, I'm sorry. God's instructions for love has no gray areas. I think Rick even told me Donna said something about in class. You know, it's black and white. There's, there's no doubt when we look in God's word what he expects. But we have tried to rewrite the Bible to fit our own needs. People are rewriting the Bible so that they, they can do what they want to do. And guys, we have no authority to do that, amen? We have no authority to do that. He said, this is the way you do it. If you do it this way, it'll be done right. But we have done it our own way, and you can kind of tell how everything is, is really in a mess. Let's read Ephesians 5, verse 1. Follow God's example. Man, just put that in parentheses. Follow God's example. What's, what's the answer on every question that we have? You know, we love to ask these questions. As a preacher, I get questions all the time. Brother Todd, is it wrong too? You fill in the blank. You get them questions from your teenagers. Daddy, Mom, is it wrong too? We as adults say, I wonder if it would be wrong if I did this. And you know what usually the answer to that is when we ask, I wonder if it's wrong too? Yes. Usually when we're questioning it, that means, I wonder if God would allow me to do something that I know not, is not right. That's what we're asking. I wonder if God would allow me to go ahead and do something that's not right and not be mad at me. And of course, we know that we serve a loving God. We, we serve a God that cares for us. Uh, abundantly, but guys, I think what we're forgetting, and we've been talking about this on Wednesday night with Deuteronomy, and, and Moses is standing up there in Deuteronomy and talking to a younger generation. He's talking to a generation that their mother and father and their grandmother and grandfather didn't follow God. God was going to give them the promised land, and they got up there, and they sent those spies over there, and they said, man, those guys are tall and big, and they're giants, and they lived in walled cities, and there is no way we can defeat them. When all the time God's saying, if you'll believe in me, I'll give you all that land. But they backed off. And they said, we're not going. And God said, since you said no, what you're saying is you doubt that I can do what I say I can do. 
And because of that, you're not going to enter the promised land. Anybody 20 years and over is not going in. You can't go. Oh, well, we'll go fight now if that's the case, if that's my options. See, we always go to, we always go to crawdad and when our options are against us. Oh, that's my options? To not have the promised land or to go fight? I'll go fight now. God said, don't do it. I'm not going to bless you now. You doubted me. You had no faith. And so they went ahead. They fought and they got their tail beat. Because it wasn't in God's timing. It wasn't in God's way. So Moses is standing before that younger generation. Their moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas didn't listen to God. And he's saying, look, follow God. Whatever you do, follow God. Here we are in Ephesians. Follow God's example. How are we supposed to live, Brother Todd? Follow God's example. In just this thing or that thing, in everything, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, there it is, as dearly loved children, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. That's what he looks at us and sees. He sees some children trying to get their feet under them. He sees some people trying to get their wits about them. He sees some children that are trying to learn. And if you're like me, you fall down more than you, you stand up. And he's talking to us. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. What kind of love, Brother Todd? My kind of love? The world's kind of love? I just wish we'd quit using the love, the word love, unless it was related to God. Because the Bible says God is love. Not that God loves, not that God's a kind of love, but God is love. He's love. So therefore, if I'm going to use the word love, I've got to do it in the way God loves. How does God love? Unconditionally. How does God love? Full of mercy. How does God love? Unquestionably. How do we love? If you love me, I'll love you back. That's how we love. I think we more admire each other than we do love each other. I think we kind of like being with each other once in a while. But I'm not, so much, I'm not so sure we love each other like we should. According to God, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Here's our example. Follow God's example. What's God's example of love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How did Jesus show his love for us? He died for us. You husbands willing to, to die for your wives? You wives willing to die for your husbands? Verse 3, but among you, listen to this verse, guys. Listen to this verse. But among you there must not even be, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. A hint. Or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. How are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to love? What about all this perversion going on in the world today? Magazines, internet, movies perverting what God set up as holy. How are we supposed to, how are we supposed to, to deal with that? Well, here's, here's the answer. It's black and white. God said there shouldn't even be a hint of it in your life. 
Well, Brother Todd, it's all right if they just take off part of their clothes, isn't it? Brother Todd, it's all right if I just kind of think about it, but don't do it, right? The Lord said, if you think it, you've sinned. He said, if you have lust in your heart for a woman and you think about that, it's as good as having adultery with her. That changes the game, doesn't it? Not even a, a hint of sexual immorality. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. Hey, did you hear that one about, uh, did you hear that joke? Hey, look at this fax they sent me. Look at this print off I got off. Isn't this funny? How many of you see them at work every day? Hey, look at this picture. L look here what I've seen on the internet. You see how we've redefined what God said not to do? Even, even talking off color. Which are out of place in a Christian's life, he said. You don't have time for that. Because you know what to do? It's like a big fish with a hook. It'll just hook you, and it'll just take you on in, and it'll destroy your life. You know that 60% of the pastors that stand in the pulpits today are addicted to pornography? I'm not talking about people that sit down here. I'm talking about the guys right here. 60%. 40% of men are addicted to pornography. 30% of women are addicted to pornography. There used to be a country song back in the day, the old movie Urban Cowboy. Some of y'all remember me old enough to remember that movie. There was a song in that movie that said, looking for love in all the wrong places. That's what the world's doing. That's why divorces are out the roof. And you know why I know that God's people are not listening to his word? Because there is exactly no difference between divorce in the world and divorce in the church. It's 50-50 in the world, it's 50-50 in the church. One out, of two, one out of every two marriages will fail. Because we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're not loving like God asks us to love. We're adding things on to our love lives. Guys, listen to me. Loving your wife and wives, loving your husband is a lot more than a box of chocolates on February 14th every year. It's a lot of forgiveness. It's a lot of Extra love, it's a lot of taking away from what I want and giving to them and them doing that for you. Remember what I said earlier? If they give all they have to you and they, you give all you've got to them, everybody's needs are going to be met. We have a lot of families today that live in two separate worlds. She does what she's going to do and I do what I'm going to do and the only time we meet is when we take our checks to the bank. You're business partners. That's all you are. You're not married people like God asks you to be married people. You're business partners. You're just throwing things into the same bank account. Wives take vacations by themselves. And husbands take vacations by themselves. And it's okay to get away from each other once in a while. My wife would kill me if I was with her 24 hours a day. But guys, we enjoy spending more time apart from each other than we do together. I've always felt, guys, and listen, I'm not perfect in every way, but I've always felt, unless Dana's there doing it with me, you know, seeing whatever I'm seeing, 
going to wherever I'm going. I, I didn't really experience it until she does. Of course, we had 23 years without kids to just be there for each other. That's kind of different than, than other people experience. Some people start off, you know, real early with children, and it takes a lot of your time. I've learned that in the last seven years. It, it changes your world upside down. Y'all told me that, and I didn't believe you. It changes you, man. It takes a lot of time, and you're doing more things for them than you are for each other. But you've got to find a way. You've got to find a way to care for each other and love for each other and fulfill each other's needs in a big basis. You know, I'm not just talking about sex here. But the problem is that we're, we're looking for love in all the wrong places, and when that love doesn't get fulfilled, we go find it somewhere else. Either in adultery, either in pornography, whatever, whatever it is, we're going to find it in a different place. Which are out of place, but rather give thanksgiving. We should live in such a state of thanksgiving for what God has done for us. Danny prayed it this morning. We talked about it in class this morning. When we realize what God has done for us, and we realize the price that was paid for us, and we realize his goodness and his power. We was reading about Peter this morning. They'd been fishing all night, hadn't caught anything. And Jesus said, throw your net over here. And man, they pulled up a net of fish that couldn't even get in the boat. The net started tearing. Peter said, y'all come here, other boats, come over here, help me get this in. And when he realized what happened, he just dropped straight to his knees and looked up at Jesus and said, please get away from me. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. You see what happened? He realized the power of God. He, he realized who Jesus was. He realized that you are all that and I am none of that. But, but here's what Jesus said. He said, you're right, I'm going to go. No, he said, nay, you know what? Get up, get up. Come on, go with me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to show you how to do it. And it said that he parked his boat, he put all his fishing tackle in there, and he followed him and left everything behind because he realized what God had. There wasn't even thing that could come, anything that can even come close to what he had. That's what it talks about Thanksgiving. Thankful for your wife. Thankful for your husband. Thankful that they have put up with you for these many years or these short years. Thankful that you have them, that you can love them and show them love and depend on each other. Today we love each other until the love wears off, or let me say, we care about each other until the lust wears off. And it's like a great conquest for men. Well, I've had her, I'm moving on down the road. Shame on us. Shame on us, the way we think in our mind. Not the way God designed us. Well, God made me this way. No, he didn't. You made yourself that way. God's got all different plans. It's here in black and white. There's no gray areas. Verse 5, for this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater. When you want what you want more than what God wants, you become an idol worshiper. That's pretty harsh, isn't it, Brother Todd? Anytime you put anything before God's way and for, before God, you make it your God. You make it your idol. 
And anybody that wants that stuff more than they want God will not see the kingdom of God. That's pretty, that's pretty harsh. I wonder what God's thinking there. That's kind of a gray area. We don't really know. Yes, we know. We just read it. As any, it says, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. You're not going there. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such thing, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Here's the thing. Today, everybody out there is telling us it's okay. It's okay, young people, to have sex before marriage. It's okay to have sex outside the marriage. We see these questions on TV all the time. Do you think an occasional affair is okay? Do you think it spices up your love life? Do you think sex before marriage is such a big deal? Do you think it's okay for a man to love a man? For a woman to love a woman? And the world has given us these empty words. It's okay. Here's what the world says. Whatever you makes you feel good, you do it. You know what that is? Whatever makes you feel good, do it. That's sin. That's sin. That's why we got perverted people abusing children. It's sin. Well, they're sick, Brother Todd. They've got an abnormal. It's sin. That's what it is. It's sin. But we don't like to use that word. Well, surely I wouldn't do these things on my own. I'm just sick. I'm, I'm not right. No, you're a sinner. And you need Jesus. We don't want to use that word, though. We don't, don't tell me I'm wrong. Oh, don't tell me I'm wrong. You're a hater if you tell me I'm wrong. You're not tolerant if you tell me I'm wrong. We've got young ladies. We've got babies raising babies. And we've got kids with two dads and kids with two moms, and they don't really know what's going on. Guys, I know we don't like to talk about this. And I know that we shouldn't, you know, oh, don't get up there and point out our faults and our, our flaws. And, and guys, listen to me. It, it's in here for a purpose. God knew we would struggle with this. It, it's just not here because a lot of people say, well, Brother Todd, that was the culture back then. We live in an entirely different world now. We live in a new, this wasn't the same culture as back then. Ephesians was one of the most perverted sexually active communities in the whole world of all times. They worshiped goddess Diana. They, they had sex at the church. They had, it, it's just, it's just as, as ugly and as pornographic as you want to make it is what was going on in, in Ephesians. And God says, you know what? It's wrong. And you know what? In 2015, whether we want to hear it or not, in the United States of America, it's wrong. It's wrong for me, it's wrong for you, it's wrong for everyone, it's sin. But we don't like to talk about that. We're different people now. We've grown up. We know what we want. We can handle three or four different relationships. 
Jesus said, come to me, little children. You don't understand it all yet, but I'll teach you. We get thinking we got this thing all under control. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Don't hang around with folks that's going to tell you lies. Stand up and tell them about Jesus. And the Bible says if they turn their back and sneer at you, walk away for a time, come back and tell them again. Just come back, come back. And after a while, the Bible says, dust off your feet and go on down and tell someone else. Because what does it say here? It says, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Guys, that should scare the fire out of us. You see, we've become acquainted with sin. We've become comfortable with sin. We've become comfortable with doing what we want to do, and we don't fear God anymore. I don't want to fear God. God loves everybody. Why should we be afraid? Guys, it's a respectful fear. Well, is God, well, God's kind of changed his mind on all this. That's, that's a different thing. No, he hadn't. Same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what he did in the Old Testament? A bunch of the Israelites went over with the Moabites. They're going to have a big sex feast. All right? I'm just being real, uh, real, real blunt this morning. It's going to have a big sex feast. All the Israelite men said, all right, I'm going. God killed 24,000 of them that night. You think God agrees with this? You think God agrees with shades of gray? I don't think so. But see, we've just kind of relaxed ourselves, and we've relaxed our morals, and we've relaxed our views on things, and we think, hey, whatever I want's okay. The world says it is. The world says I can do what I want. And listen to me, guys. You know my heart. You've known me long enough. Does God forgive all things? Yes. Can there be forgiveness from sexual sins? Yes. It's all throughout the Bible. A man after God's own heart, David, King David, got up on his roof one morning, looked across there, and there's Bathsheba bathing on the porch. Woo, look at that woman. Man, I got to have her. Sent the men over, brought him to him. They laid with each other. She become pregnant, and then it really got messed up. He had to send his husband, bring him home, let's try to get him killed off. I can't, I can't bear to look at him. Baby come along later, baby died. You see, that's the thing. I can do what I want. You know what? You can. You can. God has given you a free will. You can, just, you can choose and pick whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you guys, there's consequences to sin. And we all know about it. We all know the consequences. How many have set up and testified, there are so many things in my life I'd change if I knew better? We know better. Guys, listen, when we read a verse like this, a scripture like this, it's like a big old floodlight's been turned on to us. And guys, we have no excuse. We said this Wednesday night. We know God's word from front to back. We have no excuse. It's like this big bright light I'm standing under. When I open up my life, God just turns on the floodlight, and there's nowhere in my life that I can't see the sin in my life. God just sees it. And we know the truth. We know from these scriptures this morning that we're supposed to not even have a hint of sexual immorality in our life. Not even a hint of it. The light's been turned on. 
That guy out there that don't know Jesus, that woman out there that don't know Jesus, they're living in the dark. You know what? They're not as guilty as we are. Because we have the light turned on. We know. We know what is wrong. We know what is right. And the Bible says there shouldn't even be a hint in your life of sexual immorality. Verse 8, for you once, for you were once darkness, but now are in light in the Lord. See what I'm saying? The light's been turned on. If you go into a dark room and fall over a stool or fall over a chair, you've kind of got an excuse, I couldn't see it. But if you go into a room and the light's bright and you trip over a chair, you're just clumsy. If we go out here and do something sexually immoral as Christian people, we deserve what we get. And we see what happens, guys. Listen to me. Please listen to my heart this morning. I know, I understand there's divorce. I understand that it's happened. I understand that God forgives divorce. He forgives everything. But I want, us, I want us to understand, when we pull away from the pattern that God has given us, back in, in Genesis, he gave us a pattern. And guys, they're telling those empty voices we read about there, these voices are telling us that pattern is old, and it's old culture, and it's not where we're supposed to go anymore, and they're yak, 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 yak. And guys, I'm telling you, that pattern of the family that God ordained in Genesis is still the working perfect pattern today. It's one man that cares all he's got and gives all his body, soul, and mind to one woman. And they come together as one. They leave their parents behind. And they become united. They don't run home to mom every time something happens. They don't run to dad for every time something happens. They become united as one. They are the new family. And they love each other with all they have. And out of that union, after marriage, comes children of love. And that mom and that dad raises that children, and they raise them in the father's way. And they come and they give everything they possibly can to each other and everything they possibly can to that child, and they raise it in the father's way and they give all they have to that family. And that's God's plan. That's God's plan. Whether we say amen or not, that's God's plan. And we see what happens when we tear that model apart. And guys, listen, I understand about abusive situations. God, I'm, I know God doesn't want you in abusive situations. I know that. Because we'll see here in just a second. got to hurry. But we'll see here in just a second. He's told men how to love their wives. But when we break apart, then there comes another marriage. And then there comes these children and that children. And that children's getting more attention than this children. And that mama loves me more than this dad loves me. And, and they come over for the weekend. I don't want to correct them because I only get them on the weekend. So I want to buy them stuff. And I'm going to buy them my love. And, and that just gets worse. And, and it gets blown out of proportion. And the kids don't, they don't know. They say, oh, I got this figured out. Whichever parent I can run to and look the saddest, they'll buy me more stuff. And it's just, it just confuses us. And we don't know what to do. And we sit around and cry. And we're brokenhearted. And we're lonely. And we long to be loved like God wants us to be loved. And we can't find it in our marriages. And we can't find it where we're supposed to. And so we start looking for love in all the wrong places. And it destroys our life. And it makes us miserable. 
Verse 10, verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists of in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. You can look, guys. You can find out what he wants you to do. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Look at 12. It is shameful even to mention when the disobedient, what the disobedient do in secret. It's shameful to even mention it. Oh, man. Look what they did. Oh, you ought to see what I've seen in a movie this weekend. Oh, it's, a shame. it's shameful to even mention it. That's, that's the problem in the world today. We've quit being shameful about anything. We're out doing things that God asked us not to do. We're going to put a picture on Facebook show us what we're doing. We've flaunt our sin in God's face. We flaunt our sin. Look what I'm doing. Look where I'm at. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Guys, when we give our heart to Jesus, we walked into the light. We walked into a new way of living. We walked into a new way of talking, a new way of acting, a new way of thinking. Are we supposed to say, well, I'm a sinner, I, I can't get there. That, that standard's too high. God's told me to be holy as he's holy. What's that say, plain and simple? God said to be like me. Brother Todd, I can't do that. I can't do that, so I'm not even going to try. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking in one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. It says there, do not get drunk on wine. And, and, and Guys, just put anything in the blank there. You know, you know, what, we're, you know what we're doing? We're discounting God's love. Now, I know we all love a discount. We love a sale. We love to find clothes 50% off, and we love to find trucks $10,000 rebate. We love those deals. But why in the world, when God offers this perfect love, would we want to settle for discount love? When you drink and get drunk and you're a Christian, what you're saying is, God cannot excite me enough. When you do these things of the world, when, when I smoke a joint, what I'm saying is, God can't excite me enough. When I go have sex with another man's wife, what I'm saying is, my life and God, what God's got for me is not enough. I've, I've got to add something to it. It's just not exciting enough. That's what we're saying. It's just not exciting enough. I've got to have something else to excite me. And guys, we're like that. We've got to be going 24-7.
We got to be going there, and we got to be going there, and we got to be going there, and we got to go 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 there, and we got to go. Oh, I'm just wore out. I'm so tired. Stay at home and praise God with your kids once in a while. Stay at home and come to church. Praise God. God can fill every need that you have. But we're settling for a discount love. We want to discount things. We got to look for happiness in other places. Because God's not enough. And guys, I'm not saying sit at home and be old, you know, old hermits. Well, get the kids in here. We got to read 12 chapters today, you know. Don't go to the extreme. When we don't agree with something, we get mad and then we go to the extreme. Okay, I know what you mean, preacher. Just sit home and don't do nothing. I know what you mean. We, we extreme people. We all fired up for God or we don't even care nothing about him. God said what we are to do, it, it's a progress, it's a journey. We should get closer to him every day. Every day, it's a journey. It's a journey, just like a marathon runner running the race. He's getting closer to the finish line. Guys, listen to me. Every breath we take, we're getting closer to the finish line. Let me skip down, verse 21, real quick. I know I'm late. Instructions for Christian households. Here's special instructions. Here's what we should do in those verses we just read. Now, here's, here's another level. I'm going to take you to another level, God said. You want a good marriage? You want your love fulfilled? You want your sexual needs met? Let, let me show you how to take that to another level, God said. Submit to one another out of reference for Christ. Oh, here we go. We've got to submit. I took that out of my wedding. I wasn't submitting to no man. Ain't no man going to tell me what to do. Now, wait a minute. Read the rest of the story. Submit to one another out of reverence to God. You know why? Because God asked you to do it. Does God have a right to tell us what to do? You better believe it. When he asks us to do something, he's, he's asking you. And he's asking you because it will make your life sweet. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do the Lord. Chew on that just a minute, ladies. Worship that man. Follow him. Let him be the leader of the house. Let him make decisions for you. Brother Todd, I know you've lost your mind now. We don't know. No of us live in that world anymore. Ain't no man going to tell me what to do. You know why it don't work? It's because, guys, we hadn't done our part. Read with me one more. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. Now listen, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let me ask you this something, ladies. If a man is willing to do anything possible for you so that your life is good, if a man is willing to die for you, if a man is willing 100% of the time to make sure that your needs are met, would you follow him? That's why it's all messed up. 
You see, God asked the men to step up and be the leader of the house, both physically and spiritually. It should not be mama nagging, honey, get up, we're going to go to church today. Honey, honey, come on, will you go to, honey, would you go to church with me today? Honey, would, you know what, dad should be the first one up on Sunday morning. And he says, mama, kids, y'all get ready, we're going to church. As a matter of fact, if dad's doing it right, there won't even be a question. In the morning, the alarm's clock set, we're going to get up and we're going to go to church. When it comes time to sit around and talk, God leads the family and he talks about God and he leads them in devotion. He's to be the spiritual leader of that home. And I guarantee you men, if we live the way God asks us to live, our wives would not question us so much. But what happened about 60, 70, early 80s? For some reason, men got thinking it was sissy to go to church. They talk about love up there. And they talk about forgiveness. And they, they talk and they cry. Men ain't supposed to cry. And it's just kind of a precious place in there. And men, I'm telling you, and you know, when God gets a hold of your life, things change. And you realize that words like love, and grace and redemption and sanctification and salvation are huge in your life because you realize they're not only important for you but for your wife and for your children and the Bible says we've been reading it Deuteronomy the things that you do will pass on down to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation so let me put a little extra pressure on you men how you're living for the Lord is how your kids will live and how their kids will live and how their kids will live. That's why it's so fractured. Because the man quit being the spiritual leader of the home. And the lady had to step up. And I thank God that they did. But that's why it's so fractured in the home today. Because dad don't think about church most of the time and mom's quit nagging him to go and now the kids see that dad don't go so why do they got to go and guys this is just a small part of it I know it's much bigger than church this just this is where it starts I think it starts in here and then how you act during the day who you talk about who you cuss out who you scream at what you watch on TV is what they're watching on TV oh go in the bedroom this is for adults what, you know what that means? Kids looking around the door. Man, what are they watching in there? That's what I want to watch. That last screen, Russ. Keep going. One more. This is the kind of love God wants for us, guys. This is the kind of love that the world don't know today in a lot of places. Now, listen. There, many of us are getting it right. Many of you are getting it right. I don't get it right all the time. I know it always seems like you're just screaming at us and pointing out faults. But guys, the world has confused this so much. And they have just told us that that's the old way and there's a new way of living. There's new culture. And we don't have to go by the old way. But I'm telling you, the old way is the best way. 
Because it's not so much the old way, the new way, or the middle way. It's God's way. And God's way is the best way. What does it say there? Love is not self-seeking. Love is patient. Love always protects. It's not rude. It always trusts. It, it always hopes. It, love never fails. Well, Brother Todd, you don't know my life. This man told me he loved me, and he walked out. He didn't love you with God's kind of love. If he did, he'd still be there. Brother Todd, you don't know, man, I love my wife. I did everything possible. I took them to church, and she walked away. She didn't like that. Guys, listen to me. We are in, imperfect human beings, and we fracture the system. But God said there is a way. There is a way that can work. But you see what? It takes two. It takes two to make that, that, that structure work. God's love never fails. God is love. You want to know how to love? Don't go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Read God's word. He'll show you how to love. He'll show you how to love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you, Lord, and there's many things in our life that we are ashamed of. Lord, we know that you've given us a plan, a perfect plan. Lord, we tend to just kind of do our own thing. Lord, I, I pray for families that are hurting. I pray for fractured homes. I, I pray for ladies that love their husbands with all they had and they walked away. I, I pray for husbands that love their, their lot wives with all they had and they walked away. I, I pray for this world that is teaching our kids that it's all right to have sex before marriage, sex outside of marriage, sex with the same gender. Lord, I, I just I pray for our world. But Lord, I, I pray for me. I pray for my thought life. I pray for that verse that says not even a hint, not even off color, not even thinking about things, not even watching things that you know you shouldn't watch. Lord, help me to grow in you. Help me to walk closer to you every day because, Lord, I've got a wife that needs me to be all that I can be, and I've got three girls that needs me to be all I can be. And Lord, I know there's times that I fail that. And I lose my temper, and I scream and do things that I shouldn't, Lord. I, I, I pray for forgiveness, and I pray for forgiveness from my wife and from my girls. Lord, help us to, to follow this perfect example. Lord, help us to not feel like, well, that was the old way. Help us not to listen to the voices, the empty voices that chatter and tell us that America and life is not, we don't go by those rules anymore. Because, Lord, if we walk away, we're saying that you're wrong. And Lord, I don't believe with all of my heart you're wrong. I believe your ways are perfect. Lord, help me to live like that rather than just say it. In your name, I pray.